Well, hello everyone and welcome to another Car Doctor program and podcast. Uh, I guess it is a program and it is both a podcast because uh, that's what that's what it is. So, uh, and really I probably should think about having some music to start and end the show like I did when I was doing actual radio. So, uh, unless you don't really care about that. Well, today we are, we're going to be uh, talking about a bunch of different things. We're going to be talking about the Chevrolet Bolt, that's with a B. Uh, as someone said to me, well, you know, like lightning bolt, it's electric. So it's an all electric Chevrolet. We'll be doing a review of that. We'll be answering some emails and we'll be talking with, uh, Bobby DeMel. She is the senior vice president at a company called SeaTech. SeaTech makes, um, high end, I would call them high end, um, Battery maintainers, not necessarily battery chargers, but battery maintainers. And if you have followed me, if you've read my stuff, you've listened to my program long enough, you know I believe in maintaining your battery, not just charging it, but maintaining it and making sure you don't put too much electricity in, no more than the battery needs. And I have a car that sits in Florida. My wife's Volkswagen sits at our tin shack in Florida, and that sits on a battery tender brand battery charger because that's what I have and that's what I've always known. And that battery, that is a 2015 car, and that battery was probably made in 2014 because it was an early version, and it still tests out really well, and I attribute that to the idea that the battery stays maintained and it doesn't go through charge and discharge cycles. So I think it's better for the battery. When we went to Florida for the winter time, we uh, also uh, left the old Volkswagen. I have an older Volkswagen and I honestly don't know how old the battery is in it. And uh, I did test it and it seems to be in pretty good shape. But I also put that on a battery maintainer as well to make sure that when my wife came back up to visit her family at Easter time, she could just go unplug the battery uh, maintainer that was on that, and she was able to know that the car was going to start and it was going to run the way it should, and that battery seems to be doing okay. So uh, maintaining a battery is very important, and the idea of making sure that battery voltage stays up there. Battery charging, kind of in the old sense of the old battery charger, and I gave one away when I was moving, uh, big old battery charger, you know, puts a lot of amperage in it. It's not really that good for the battery, and that's why maintaining your battery is important. So we're going to be talking to Bobby DeMel, and also, like I said, we're going to be going into the email and uh, and find out uh, what people have questions about. We'll get to that uh, kind of in between uh, our chat with Bobby and the car review we have coming up at the end. And again, if you think that we should be adding some music to the podcast before or after the beginning, the end, maybe some music interludes in between the segments. And if you're a musician, even better, send me your music. I'll be happy to use it in the program. Uh, always good to have original music, even better. You know, if it's car-themed, that's what we'd like to hear, maybe a nice instrumental, something like that. So coming up next, we're going to be talking about how to maintain your battery and maintain batteries in general with Bobby DeMille, the Senior Vice President at SeaTech. Stay tuned. A lot of people either have boats in the summertime or winter toys or all kinds of different things. And it's uh, it's important to keep the batteries maintained. And uh, with us is 
Bobby Demel. She is the executive vice president for SeaTac. Bobby, thank you for joining us on the Car Doctor program. First off, can you tell us a little bit about SeaTac? Sure. SeaTac is celebrating uh, 25 years of pushing boundaries of research and development, bringing innovative battery charging technologies to the market. We are a global leader, consistently creating safe and easy products to use for elite OEs, professionals, and consumers. So uh, basically, any kind of charging you need, we can do. And I have seen your products, I think, branded with some of the original equipment vehicle manufacturers' names on them, right? Absolutely. We're doing business with over 30 of the um, most finest automotive makers. We uh, we have new products launching all the time with them. And uh, I think one of your big supporters is also Jay Leno, right? Didn't I see? I think I saw your, your uh, battery chargers or maintainers in Jay Leno's garage, right? Yes, that was very exciting for us. We uh, gave Jay a couple of chargers to try out and he said he loved them and he replaced his whole fleet with nothing but SeaTac chargers. So that's a badge of honor for us. It's, it certainly is and certainly is important. You know, some people, I think, especially people with hybrid cars and, and even electric cars, maybe don't understand that a lot of these cars actually have 12 volt batteries in them and those batteries need to be maintained as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, They have uh, a life expectancy too. If you don't take care of them, uh, you will not get your money's worth. So especially on the hybrids, um, you have to take care of uh, both batteries. Yeah. And it, and it is, it is important to know about these batteries and, and, and think about them, but, also, the idea that your devices are not old-fashioned battery chargers, they're designed to maintain the batteries, right? Correct. This isn't your grandfather's charger. So this is smart charging at its finest. So actually, the device reads what your battery needs and addresses it accordingly. You can set it and forget it, and it will uh, charge and maintain. So this is designed so you can maybe a vehicle that is going to be put away for the winter or put away for the summer you can hook it up and like you said set it and forget it and come back in six months and know your battery is fully maintained right absolutely and you don't have to worry about boiling your battery because it's safe and only giving it what it needs so it's not just cranking power and it's correct it's sending in the correct power yeah that is very important and a lot of people i think are misinformed living in New England where I do people think about winter time and winter time's hard on the battery but it's really the summer heat right the summer is what beats up the battery so uh, all that heat uh, is not good for the battery temperature so if you think of the U.S. Um, in its map form if you look in for uh, the extreme temperatures uh, in part of the country for instance Florida that only has a battery life of 30 months if you don't take care of your battery, as opposed to some places that like you're talking about where you would get 56 months out of it. So there is a a difference, but all the things you do in the summer to the battery, the short trips, the heat, et cetera, that all shows up in the winter when the battery requires more power to turn over. Yeah, it it really it really does. And I think a lot of people forget about that. And they they think the summer is going to be easy on the battery. But in fact, it it's it's slowly doing damage, which shows up in the wintertime when it might take 
50 more percent more current to get that car cranked over when the weather's you know down to below freezing or close to zero so really does make a difference i was recently at a uh a car show and i noticed a lot of people you know in the trunks of their cars as they were showing them off had one kind of battery maintainer or another and some people had solar style charges um it it does it does a classic car battery need a different kind of care than a conventional car battery or a modern car battery well all the batteries need care but especially if you have um, a show vehicle and you're only using you're only taking it out on beautiful days or weekends or for that special time and then you're probably not driving a, a long range either so while the battery sits or while you're at a show showing things off um, all of that drains the battery so especially with show vehicles, you should maintain all the time. We have a product too that um, can, uh, can help you with that. It's, it's completely um, uh, portable. So you can take a portable charger with you. You were talking about solar. It has the opportunity for solar too. So it can charge, keep the battery excited while you're at the show. And then when you get home and you can plug in, then you can properly maintain. So if you're at one of these shows, it requires you to be there and there's some that I have been to that you need to be there at seven in the morning and they don't let you go till three o'clock in the afternoon and you have people you know you're showing off your car and maybe you have your doors open and and maybe you even have uh you know maybe you have some display lights on it that are running off the battery your your device is is basically a self-contained portable battery maintainer right Yes, we have one unit that does, it's called RCS free. And then also, as you mentioned with the um, solar panel earlier where people are using that, you can also maintain with the solar panel. Yeah, I've I've never tried a solar solar panel charger before. I, I, I think maybe living in New England, I always felt there wasn't enough sun. <laughs> I understand, I live in Chicago, same thing. Uh, yeah, and and then, then again, um, you know, when we when we look at when we look at how our batteries kind of have to survive and vibration and as you pointed out, heat is a problem. Um, but also it's not just car batteries, it's it's people with um all kinds of you know fun recreational vehicles, whether it's boats or ATVs or uh or kind of anything in between. Uh do those batteries need to be maintained differently because some of those batteries are either deep cycle marine batteries or they're smaller batteries for like power and lawn equipment. Uh yes, but we maintain and charge all 12 volt batteries. So uh, we think of um two seasons taking the summer toys out and then putting them back and taking the winter toys out and then putting them back. So when you put them back for storage, at the very least, you should charge them once a month. If you have the opportunity to keep a set and forget maintainer on it, then that's what you should do. We recommend that for all of them. Otherwise you're replacing batteries seasonally and that gets very expensive. And I'm I'm a, a, a new boater and one of the things you know when you when you're driving a car and the if the battery goes dead you know maybe you're i've always said there's two kinds of people in the world those who have jumper cables and those that don't and i now i kind of feel that way with people that have jump start packs uh, but it's it's inconvenient you you sit by you sit in the parking lot or wherever and and you know wait wait to either get road service 
somebody from road service to come out or you find a Samaritan is going to help you. But out in a boat, it's a little different story. You're kind of out there by yourself in a lot of cases. So it's you want to make sure those boat batteries are well maintained, too. Right. Absolutely. Um, because it, you can imagine if, if the new boater, you go out in the middle of the uh, of the lake and then you have to get a service to come out and get you in the middle of the lake. It's very important to keep deep cycle batteries, um, both the starter battery and the backup battery to keep them both maintained. And you mentioned jump starting and it makes us quiver when you say that at SeaTech because jump starting is bad no matter what the vehicle is, because um, especially um, more so in cars with the new electronics, et cetera, you can blow out an ECU by doing a, a jump start. So also in the same uh, unit that we were talking about being portable, we also make um, an adaptive boost. So it's smart boosting. So it reads what the battery needs, what it can take, and it gives it that much power instead of just this jolt. So within 15 minutes, you'll have gently started your battery again. So no matter where you are, again, it's portable. So that unit is basically easing the voltage back into the battery so the car will start, right? It is, and it's not jolting it. So it's just, it's exciting it, and then it's giving it the power it needs, and then you can turn over for the start. Right. Yeah, I know I've seen some jumpstart instructions with various vehicles, and some of them will say things like, um, make sure some of the accessories are on. Others will say, make sure none of the accessories are on, because it depends on how that computer system set up and some of the things you can do. Um, a lot of people think when they shut off their car at the end of the day, they've kind of shut off the electricity in their car. I think if people think about it a little bit more, maybe they're like, well, I always come out and the clock works and the radio presets still work, but cars don't totally shut off when you leave them, right? No, that's one of our uh, top 10 um, reasons your battery drains is because not everything shuts down. So when you think about your lights are still powered up when you're walking away from the car, then that takes a while to shut down. And all those computers inside of your cars start to shut down and they don't just shut down as soon as you turn the key or you take your foot off the brake. It takes a while to shut all of that down. And then for the startup too, you know, those, those all start to power up um, separately too. If you drained your battery completely, then you're going to have a hard time starting because everything's trying to start back up. But that is a drain. Also something that most people don't know is that if you keep your car keys too close to your vehicle, it's constantly reading that it's close. That drains the battery as well. I actually just answered a question for one of my readers that exactly had the same problem. And, and I reminded them that they need to, they said, well, I have a garage. So I, I leave my keys in my cup holder. And I went, no wonder why your battery's going dead because the car thinks you're, you're about ready to get in it or you are in it. And the same thing happens. Some of these, um, some of these uh, transponder keys, they're, you might decide, oh, I'm going to walk in the house. and I have a little hook. I hang my keys up, you know, inside the kitchen, but in fact, it might be close enough where the the car is gonna recognize the key fob is on its way to the car and getting some things ready for the car to start. Yes, or even if you have it in your pocket and you're working around the garage, it's still reading it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a good point. And maybe a little bit less now, but I know right in the height of COVID, we had some people 
write to us and they were only driving their car once a month maybe and then they were only driving it for a few miles each time and their batteries were going dead and uh this is where you need to think about uh even though your car is maybe even brand new and in good condition letting that car sit for a month at a time without being driven is not is not helping the battery whatsoever and it's going to it's going to eventually eventually end up to be a dead battery right Correct. So um, 150 to 350 amps is the power you need just to start the car. So if you think you you did you drain the battery doing that, and then you just take a short trip, you turn it off and run into the dry cleaners or to the, the store, and you pop back in and you go back, you just drained a lot of power and you didn't give the alternator any time at all to help that battery. And, and alternators will not fully, as you know, charge the, the battery. So you do need to maintain. Yeah, and that, COVID was good to us because yeah. people realize that. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And I think a lot of people, and even mechanics as well, sometimes they'll, they'll go out and, I hate to make you cringe again, jumpstart a car. And, uh, and they'll say, well, just let it run for 20 minutes and it should be fine afterwards. When in fact, those alternator systems are not designed to fully recharge a battery. They're designed to maintain a fully charged battery. So to make up for that starts and stops, but you need to, the, the car is not designed to bring that battery up from a very low voltage back up to where it belongs. Right. And that's why um, maintaining the battery will help you save money because you're not going to have service due. You're not going to have to replace the battery. You'll have maximized it. And especially if you're in in an area where it's hot, yeah. just giving you the numbers I gave you. So maintaining is just so good for your battery. So maintaining a battery, even in a hot weather state like Central Florida or Phoenix or something like that. Um, I, in fact, I just I just read a note from somebody that says it's 110 wherever they are today. Um, but maintaining that battery helps extend that life even even in those very hot temperatures, right? Yes, if you if you get in a regular program of maintaining, you can get up to three times the normal battery life just by uh, just by maintaining. Yeah, no, very, very important. And so this this is all what sort of makes battery life or batteries uh, maximize your life and make sure that your car is going to start when you really need it to. Um, and for toys, right? Because you want to And the toys right? as well. Not, maybe maybe they are not quite as critical as being able to go to work in the morning, but, but still, if you want to have fun for a weekend and you want to make sure your toys are working, making sure the battery is well-maintained. Um, you mentioned that you have a, a, a portable device that doesn't require electricity that can maintain the battery at short periods, uh, a solar style, you said you have a, a solar style maintainer as well. And um, actually the solar panel fits in with a connector oh, okay. to, this, to this maintainer. So it's oh. one unit. It just, um, we sell accessories that help it. Oh, okay. So it is, so it's sort of, sort of like any solar device It charges up the battery, which in turn charges up the battery in the car kind of thing. It, well, it's yep. the unit and yep. then the solar panel. Yep attaches to it so the solar brings the power in right perfect and um there are are there different types of maintainers for different you know you know some a farm tractor versus a tractor trailer truck or something do you have do you have um, various models of your maintainers we have various models but it's more 
um, by features. So let's say that you're in a very cold climate. We make a, a polar unit, which has Nordic um, rated cables, et cetera. And you can, it's safety orange, you can see it in the snow. And then we have um, other maintainers that, that, and chargers that will work with any 12 volt battery. And if you're in a really hot climate, I would recommend one of our units that has a temperature compensation. So it takes in the ambient temperature to give you an efficient charge. So that's, um, that's really good for hot places and really cold places too. Yeah, it really, it really does make sense. And Again, you're you're looking at a premium product. I mean, you can you can go to some stores and you can buy a battery maintainer for six dollars, I guess. But you're not going to get all of these. You're not going to get these safety features built in. And I don't know that I would trust my unattended vehicle to a six dollar battery maintainer. It's true. And the reason that our chargers are as good as they are is because we have insight into not only what's happening today, but what's coming in the future because of our OE affiliations. You had mentioned earlier that you have seen our chargers and our names co-branded with some uh, with some of the, uh, yep. the higher end. So that knowing what's coming and how batteries react in certain situations, having that insight and that intel when we go to, into design uh, resonates with our CTEC brand as well. Absolutely makes sense. And if people want to find more information about CTEC, the website is? Smartercharger.com. Smartercharger.com. And the, the chargers are available everywhere? Uh, yes, they are. Um, we have 110 volt in North America and the rest of the world has uh, 220 for the most part. All right. Well, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your day and joining us on the Car Doctor program. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to a doctor. I want to thank Bobby for joining us on the Car Doctor program today. Uh, very informative. Good to know. I uh, never really thought too much about jump-starting cars. People do it all the time, but how much it really can damage a battery. Uh, I remember years back uh, when GM first started putting electronic interim panels in their cars, they would say, don't jump-start your car. They would actually recommend either taking the battery out and having it charged, or Cadillac, with its roadside program, would actually come out and bring you a freshly charged battery to put in your car because they were damaging some circuitry inside your vehicle. So you need to watch out for that sort of stuff. So uh, from the email, and again, if you want to email me, the best way to do that, jpaul at aaanortheast.com, jpaul at aaanortheast.com, and I will answer every single email I get. Um, doesn't have to be necessarily a intricate car question. In fact, our first email says not a car question at all, but a gasoline question. Four years ago, I purchased an expensive lawnmower from a local home repair store or home improvement store. Uh, recently it wouldn't run. I took it to the small engine shop. They told me the engine is junk because I've been using E85 gasoline. Is this true? And what should I do with my next mower? Um, it's pretty unlikely you're using E85 gasoline. E85 gasoline is 85% ethanol and 15% gasoline. Depending on where you live, that is very hard to find. I haven't seen it, I think, where I live. Maybe there's two locations in Massachusetts, so unlikely that you were using that. In f so if you were, in fact, using that somehow, maybe you went to... Uh, 
There, there was a gas station in Seekonk, Massachusetts that was selling it. Yeah, absolutely. You'd probably ruin the engine. But chances are you're using regular pump gasoline with 10% ethanol, and it shouldn't damage your engine. Now, of course, like all power equipment, there's precautions you need to make when storing equipment seasonally. You know, did you put, you know, gas stabler, uh, stabilizer in it? Uh, was moisture able to collect in it? Uh, did you drain the gas tank? Did you fill the gas tank? Did you put the old gas in it? All kinds of things. In some parts of the country, you can actually buy recreational fuel it contains no alcohol so it's a hundred percent gasoline no ethanol in it at all i use that a couple of times and i didn't top off my wife's car when i stored it away uh, for the summertime with it but it did have quite a bit of in it uh, of it in there it is more expensive you pay a premium for ethanol free gasoline which is odd considering they have to put the ethanol in uh, but anyway um, and some equipment stores you can buy one gallon you can actually buy i think uh, half gallon, one gallon, and five gallon cans of ethanol-free fuel. Some people like to use that in their power equipment, um, but again, you don't, you shouldn't need to. Um, I checked the owner's manual recommendations. I checked Honda and Briggs and Stratton, and I didn't know what kind of expensive mower this person had, and both said it was okay to use 87 octane fuel with an alcohol content of not greater than 10 percent. Of course, the other option is, depending on the size of your property, some of these new lithium-ion-powered battery mowers are actually pretty good, and then you'd never have to worry about seasonal storage. Just keep the battery charged up, and you're good to go. Uh, someone else wrote to me. They said they have a 2019 Lincoln MKC. There's a squeaking sound. Seems to be coming from the passenger side dashboard. Any thoughts? Well, I, I looked. I didn't see any technical service bulletins. Um, creaks, rattles, water leaks, wind leaks, those are some of the hardest things to find. Um Sometimes you can get lucky and see something that looks like it's rattling and moving. Uh, recently, I looked at a car for somebody. It had a rattle. They described it as a rattle. It was. The hood was rattled a little bit, rattling a little bit. I just adjusted the stops, and it went away. Um, one possibility is, I mean, the car is a 2019, so it's three years old. Maybe someone replaced the cabin air filter and didn't seal it back up completely so maybe you're hearing that first that's the first place i'd look other than that um i probably wait till the noise started getting a little bit worse so it was easier to identify uh someone else wrote to me and uh they said they have a 20 2001 jeep cherokee with a billion miles on it well 325,000 miles and it has two problems the electric door locks and all four doors don't always work they had the main switch replaced it didn't fix the problem i hope they went back to whoever put the switch in the second problem is the battery went completely dead it's less than two years old they jumped it again not always a great idea drove it around not always a great idea the battery ended up dead again they took it to the local napa store where they had it charged good idea battery tested again it sat for four days the battery was completely dead again no lights were left on uh, really you need to do a parasitic draw test on the vehicle see what's going on is there something staying on is there something coming on in the middle of the night even um some possible issues could be an alternator could be fuel pump power seat controls and even the glove box light could be on the door lock issue could also be related a common issue with intermittent operation door locks is a broken wire in the door hinge could the hinge be causing a short and discharging the battery maybe another kind of gasoline question uh this person says my late father and i always loved and had vintage cars i've driven a 1919 model t touring a 1956 desoto a 59 impala a nash a 67 chevy impala ss 427 
uh, full-size car with a big, big block in it. Pretty neat. Um, now I hear our government is changing gasoline from 10 to 15% ethanol. Um, isn't that dangerous to our vintage cars and having a bad effect on rubber engine products as well as damaging effect on our older engines as well as decreasing the mileage on all cars as well as some newer models? What do you think? Well, there's a lot in there to kind of unpack. He says, uh, or she says, I hate to see my pristine 1980 Toyota Silica go to the junkyard because of greener gas. There's several issues with older vehicles and higher content alcohol fuels. The higher the alcohol fuels tend to clean out any accumulated dirt and sludge, and that debris can end up clogging the fuel system up. You're also correct that antique cars with original fuel lines tend to deteriorate when exposed to alcohol. I remember um, I had a 65 Corvair once, and every rubber line on it was replaced except the one that went between the fuel fill and the fuel tank. So a little three-inch long piece of two-inch stuff that looked like radiator hose, and uh, it just dissolved away. Replaced it easy enough, never had a problem afterwards. So where I have seen E15 sold, and I know the government says they're going to bump up E, you know, the percentage of alcohol in vehicles, but where I've seen E15 sold, it's sold as 88 octane, so a little one octane point higher than 87, um, and it's labeled as E15, and it uses a separate nozzle like diesel. So you, you, when you pull up to the gas pump, you see regular gasoline, E15, maybe even E85. Maybe you see rec fuel too, like our first person asked about, you know, no alcohol gas. So um, E15 gasoline is not just a problem for classic cars, but many new cars, recreational vehicles, marine engines, and power equipment. Um, my cars say that I should not use gasoline with um, more than 10% ethanol in it. Although realistically, most cars sold since 2001 should run okay on E15. Still, many new owner's manuals warn against using any fuel with higher than 10% alcohol. Uh, the newest thing I have is my little boat in Florida. It has a 2022 engine on it with a little 50 horsepower outboard. And it very specifically in the owner's manual says no more than 10% um, ethanol in the gasoline. Um for a car that doesn't need gasoline is the one that I road tested this week, and that is the Chevrolet Bolt. It's an all-electric car, and it's really easy to light. The Bolt by Chevrolet is available in two trim levels, 1LT and 2LT, and that was the subject of a road test. The electric motor is uh, the same uh, in both vehicles. It's a single 200-horsepower electric motor that makes a pretty impressive 266 pound-feet of torque, and with power coming from a 60 kilowatt, 65 kilowatt battery. Like most electric cars, the battery is mounted under the floor, which adds to the stability. The EPA claims a range of 259 miles on a full charge, although I saw a little over 275 miles of range when fully charged. Uh, in fact, I just charged it up again, and it, it claims that it's 280 miles between charges. For a small car, the cabin was roomy and comfortable during my time with the Bolt. On two different occasions, I had four adults on board, and everyone was pretty comfortable. Nobody complained that it was too small a car to be in. Um, the cabin is laid out nicely with a large infotainment screen, nice mix of buttons, knobs, and a touchscreen. I found the entire setup simple and far dis, uh, far. Uh, 
less distracting than some other vehicles. The power front seat offers plenty of adjustments, and overall, even though it was a little shorter on under-thigh support, was comfortable and supportive. There's plenty of cup holders, power points, small glove box, bins, cubbies for storage, although there are seat belts for five, I think only two comfortable. Two adults would be comfortable in the back seat. Cargo area for a small car wasn't bad with about 16 cubic feet of storage behind the rear seats. Yeah, you can fold the rear seats down, get a little bit more. There's also a small storage area under the floor, handy to keep small items hidden. The one thing you aren't going to keep hidden is a spare tire because it doesn't have one. Like most new cars today, the Bolt is compatible with Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. In both cases, the system is wireless and... Uh, the Bolt also has a handy wireless charging pad in front of the push-button shifter. So you put your phone down, it charges, and then you click on um, Apple CarPlay in the case of my car. And it's all wireless, so there's no wires to connect. It's kind of nice. Um, although I'm not usually a fan of push-button shifters, um, this one actually works pretty good. I, I kind of like shift levers of some sort, but this push button one worked pretty good, and I find myself uh, adapting to it pretty easily. It's also a push button start type car, so no key. You keep your key in, the, in your pocket the whole time, which makes it nice. On the road, the Bolt's actually nice to drive. It's plenty quick. It's able to get up to about 60 miles an hour in a little under seven seconds. The Bolt also offers a sport mode, which can add a bit more zip. Like many electric cars with a push button, you can switch to one pedal driving basically when you take your foot off the accelerator the regenerative braking kicks in and kicks in aggressively and allows you to slow down and come to a complete stop without ever using the brake pedal. This not only saves on brake wear, but also helps charge the batteries. Safety is addressed with a forward collision braking system, lane keeping assist, surround view camera. The Bolt's nimble, easy to park. I found myself uh, looking at the 360-degree camera almost never because it didn't have a lot of blind spots. It was pretty easy to park. Uh, living with the Bolt is pretty easy, and the navigation system, system can help you find charging stations, which seem to be getting more popular. Where I live, there was a gas station not too far away, and when I looked up local charging stations, which there are not that many where I live, it said coming soon at that Shell gas station. So the information is pretty well up to date. Uh, I checked, no charging station there yet, but coming soon, it says. Uh, recharge times vary depending on the type of charging level. Level 3, which is fast charging, adds about 100 miles in 30 minutes. Level 2 charging depends really on the installation, but will add anywhere from 26 to 39 miles of charging per hour. At home, I only have a standard 110-volt outlet. That adds only about 4 miles of range per hour, but if you're only going to drive 40 or 50 miles a day and plug in at night, that's, that's fine. You know, you're going to have a car that's fully charged every day, and on that one day that you decide you're going to go 250 miles, you have plenty of electricity to be able to do it. The Bolt is one of the most inexpensive electric cars on the market, and in my opinion, functionally one of the best. If you're looking for a compact car that doesn't run on gasoline, look at the Bolt by Chevrolet. It's a really nice little car, and uh, it works really well. And I don't know, I liked it. So if you have a question about your car, or any car, you can email me, jpaul at aaanortheast.com. Uh, if you have a guest you would like to have on the program, again, email me, let me know. If you have any suggestions, uh, maybe something you want to you want to see or hear about, uh, if you want to make some comments, email me, criticisms, 
well, they hurt a little bit, but you can criticize me too. Uh, send an email to jpaul at aaanortheast.com. Until next time, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.